This is real talk. Real talk radio. This is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk. Real talk. This is real talk. Real talk radio. This is real talk. High praise ministries presents real talk. Real talk. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Throwback just for you, Jay. <laughs> we back with a, with a with a new episode of the of Real Talk. As always, I am your host, Pastor Jesse Jones, aka Jesse, aka I like what I do. I'm having fun. I got no voice and all that type of stuff. I am loopy. This is gonna be a fun edition today. We got a spe- we got a special guest and a regular. First of all, we got half the pastors through this time. That we, we got the married portion of the pastor's crew as opposed to the pastor's crew and, 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 and missing an action <laughs> and missing almost the widow. I almost want to call you after, after last time we had the host with us. But first of all, we got our, uh, the very, our very own unrepented Judas. He is Pastor Prophet Aaron Edward J. Jordan. I was hurt last time. I was injured. <laughs> A man uh, wounded, bleeding. Once, once again, don't nobody believe that mess. Don't Everybody nobody believe that. Man. Believe the that people believe all. Nicodemus do. I ain't got nothing to do what he believed. He was probably he, he the one percent that said on Spotify that <laughs> he was me. <laughs> he was me. I voted for myself. And of course, we have along with him. You normally hear her in in in, in the background sometimes. Just adding the last and our last podcast, she almost killed Jay. Just. Just because, you know, he decided he's going to say it to the way she looked at him, like she was going to kill him. Yeah, she all the time. Well, I get beat at home. <laughs> you don't feel safe at all? That's what you're trying to say? Not at all. <laughs> we have the very own God's Angel Wing, First Lady Maya. Say hi to the people, Maya. They put me in, Coach. <laughs> she getting up off the bench. We want to keep up. Yes, we want to off the bench. <laughs> Wait a minute. She gets called God Angel Wing. <laughs> yeah, that's her nickname. I get unrepentant of Judas, but my wife is because God. you lie. You lie, and you don't stop lying. I'm going to lie to me. See, that's see, that's what it is. It's the song lyrics. You know how they used to always say when we was a kid. It's the song lyrics, and you and they start to become you because the first your favorite song. You lie to me. Yeah, and that's what you do all the time, lying. Return of Max is one of the greatest songs in history of mankind. Return of Max is so good, Michael Jackson wish he wrote it. Michael Jackson did. He'll wish he wrote nothing. Michael Jackson wish he wrote Michael Jackson wishes he's not burnt. I'm he sorry. Probably, he's, he's probably Michael Jackson is side-eyeing and is going That song's so good. Prince said he wish he wrote it. Prince is definitely giving a mean side-eye. I miss his side-eyes. Prince is absolutely giving a mean side-eye, but it's not because... Never mind. Let me stop. Let me stop. Oh, y'all, I'm tired. Y'all almost got me saying all kinds of stuff. Already's going to get me canceled. These views are, are not mine. Cancel culture. Mm, anything I say is the views of, of, of the Real Talk Podcast. I am the owner, proprietor, facilitator. I own the copyright and everything to the Real Talk Podcast. You better recognize everything I say is the opinion of the Real Talk Podcast. You're the king and the president. If you don't yeah, like right. Michael Jackson and we Tito. <laughs> I'm Michael Jackson and y'all bubbles. Bubbles? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Only important because I say y'all is. 
Tito was important because he can't, he shares the same gene. He shares, shares the same genes. He got the short end of the stick, but he can at least talk and say, hey, I'm Mike's brother. Bubbles is only allowed to speak when Michael Jackson told him to speak. Hello. That's why I start off introducing y'all, and then I say, say hi to the people. I'm giving you permission to speak. You don't catch that, see? <laughs> and that's how slavery started. <laughs> but as you can tell, we gonna have a just a random. Don't forgive me. I'm eating. I'm hungry. And I gotta. Uh, I gotta take some pills in a minute. <laughs> Yo, those are bad. Okay. No, I had me root canal this week, and my shit, my man. I'm, I'm the last food. of the breaches that don't got medicine to take. I'm the last. Listen, high blood pressure and waiting. I know this. Ain't, I'm, I'm the last. I'm, I'm, I'm look. I got checked out a couple weeks ago. They said I'm in perfect health, immortal. Anybody say you immortal? Close to it. Listen, the Bible says. Uh, you either did not. But it says it I'm is. gonna be taking up the whirlwind. First of all, I got a question. And normally I'm on your side. You know, normally I'm on your side. I'm normally defending you. Here's my question to you: What does the Bible actually say? Because I've never heard the Bible say a thing. I've read my Bible. I have preached from the Bible. Mm-hmm. I have too. I've never heard it say anything. So when have you heard the Bible say, and the Bible says, what did it say, Maya? What did it say? Please tell me. I want to know. When I listen to the, to the Bible on tape. That's not the Bible saying. That's, that's the Negro reading the Bible it talking. talking to me. It wasn't talking. James it was, Earl it was Jones a, said. James Earl Jones ain't said nothing either. James Earl Jones is dead. He, he said my son works. He's alive. He's alive and well. He is? Yeah, he's alive and well. Alive. Oh, well, hey. Shout out to my, shout out to my brother James Earl Jones. You killed James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He he share, listen, he shares my last name. I don't want James Earl Jones. I, I, I legit Mufasa. thought he was, I didn't kill Mufasa. Scar did. And that was the best scene in the movie The Lion King. You okay? are not a king. Yeah, yeah, James Earl Jones is alive and well. Listen, all I know is I, last time I saw James Earl Jones, he said this is a good time to die and close his eyes and come to America too. Hey, why <laughs> what do I do that? Hey, what do I do that with Jemaya randomly? I just randomly get around the house like, hey, it's, it's a good time to die. Let's close my eyes. Now let me tell you what this son's person did. <laughs> what is that? A cuss? Like an edit? That's a BT edit. That was. That I, know, was. I know, right? I like it. So, when we uh, had uh, first, we'd only been married for a few months. We were still in Columbus, Ohio, and I am coming home from. I'm oh. getting home from work. Oh, it was your idea. You thought it. So it was April Fool's Day. It wasn't April. It felt like it was April. See what I mean? You like be lying for no reason. <laughs> I thought it was Fool's Day. It was not April Fool's Day. She said it wasn't even April. <laughs> I thought it was April Fool's Day, but all right. Well, thank you. So, <laughs> so this man. Oh, it wasn't. Husband. I was testing. I was testing something. Testing what? Oh, yeah. My kids today. I mean, you were It wasn't. I was trying to think about it. Go on. <laughs> you married him. I didn't marry you. Married him. So, I walk in the door, you know, by our lovely dog, go up the stairs to the bedroom, and I find Jay laid out, passed out, okay? And he's halfway off the bed, and he's looking unresponsive like he's not breathing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Jay, Jay, and he's not responding. I mean, he's literally halfway on the bed, almost on the floor, like he had a stroke or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm just freaked out because, you know, I just got married. And 
you know, those things happen. And so, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I am like, oh my gosh, I gotta tell my mom. And I'm about to call 911. Like, I have the phone in my hand. I'm about to call 911. And then he gets up and was like, ha 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 ha. Don't laugh. No, because I can see it. That's funny as a bug. Don't laugh. It ain't funny. That's hilarious. I can imagine you almost screaming and punching with a Oh my god! You scared me! Don't do that again! Yeah, she was in tears. She was over there. I know she don't know about it. I was irate after that. I was irate because I was going to make sure you love me. Oh, well, wait a second. Wait. Why are you upset? He's alive. Me, shouldn't you feel better? Shouldn't you feel great that he's alive? Because he tricked me. He was right there. But he's alive though. That, see that what see you saying you were upset means you wanted him dead. Mm-hmm. Not where are you where where are you yep. getting your because information? You're upset, from? you're upset because he was alive. No, because I was scared. Who likes to be scared? Why did wait wait why were you scared? Because scared he was dead and it shows you he was alive. And so instead of relief, you go with anger, which means you really want him dead. No, Watch your back, Jay. She's trying to get that insurance money. I was upset because he played too much. You know the way to get you know the way to take me out of this question some code. Well here's my question. Everywhere take me you out. said you play too much, right? What is the right amount of play? Because everybody always says people play too much, yeah, they do right. this. What is the right, what is the right amount that should take place? Okay, so Jay is at about a two hundred percent. And I don't know. No, 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 because no, 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 I want to know what is the right like amount. One seventy-five, bruh. So, so what's the right amount? You she don't know. Up. She don't know. I would probably say a proper mixture. You should probably maybe want to be about maybe sixty percent play, forty percent fun. I mean, uh huh. Wait now, hold on now. Wait a second now. The math ain't mathing. That's some Scott Steiner math right there. It really is. Cause sixty percent play and forty percent fun is the same thing. Yeah. So you want me to you want me to keep what I'm doing? That's that's what I heard. After forty and slip, she said she wants you to keep doing what you're doing. Well, technically, that's still one hundred percent. One hundred seventy-five is still too much. But what I meant to say was, first of all, you originally said two hundred percent. Now you dropped that. No, he's at a two hundred percent. Uh huh. So where you get the proper the proper amount is about sixty percent because you know you still have to be responsible and stuff so you'd be so 40 so the majority of the time you want me to do you, you want me to play I got but you, but 40% I'm, of the time I'm, you need to be I'm serious go, I'm going I'm, I got you watch this I'm, 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 this time I'm on your side I'm going to I got you watch this so, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. 60% play let's go with that right so first of all I could ask what does that look like I'm going to come back to that so I'm going to give you some time to think about what 60% play looks like Mm-hmm. In practicality and practice. But here's my question for you. Questions. So after he scares you half to death and, and show and you showed your real colors that you really want him dead and not alive, did he play like that at all for the rest of the day? Nope. For the rest of that day? So, yeah, for the rest of that day. Nope. Since you have to think about it, I'm gonna have to go with no. So what that means is he fell under your 60% and so therefore was at the right amount of play. He only played one time in a 24-hour span. That makes it less than 60% of the day. So therefore, he's on your, he's on your, so again, what's too much? If you can't play once during the day, when can you play? I feel attacked. Well, mm-hmm. What you ain't gonna do is say you should attack. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that. 
Mm-hmm. What he can't, what she cannot do is say she feels attacked on my radio. The reason she cannot say that is I'm not about to go to jail for some domestic abuse and I ain't did nothing. Okay, I need you to take that back. Hashtag Me Too does not exist right here because I ain't did nothing. Solanda, I didn't do nothing. You hear me? You hear me talking right now? I haven't done nothing. It's Me Three. Y'all know that's just a saying, right? I, no, nobody's attacking. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Words have power. It's 2022. There's no such thing as context in 2022. We take everything at face value. Mm-hmm. They don't cancel suggestions. You just be on, 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 on Time Magazine. Radio mm-hmm. host attacks another fellow, fellow podcaster. Radio host, radio, no, what they'll do is say radio host Pastor Jesse Jones is sexist. He attacked a woman during his podcast because she was talking too much. That's what they're going to say. High praise. Also, I talk too much. High praise, you mean high abuse. That's what they're going to do. You're going to have me all in the head live. What you ain't going to do is all fake news. It's all a lie. She lying, y'all. She lying. I ain't did nothing. And he from Pennsylvania, too? We believe it. We believe it. They're all violent over there. So that is true. We are violent. I can't lie about that. His mom from Yonkers? Yeah, he did it. Case from Yonkers, Staten Island. Oh, Staten Island. Well, Which is even worse. worse yeah. <laughs> he, he did it. He definitely did it. That's when the story went like he, buried, he beat her, he burned her, he hung her up, burned her toenails, you know. They don't say all kinds of stuff. Now, as y'all can see, we are we ain't got a format today other than the banter because we had we had to re we had to revamp everything once we found out that JC was not going to be able to make it today. He's uh he's been overworked and needs some rest. Which probably also means that JC's gonna catch some some spare bullets. God's bullets gonna catch some spare bullets from uh, on the pen to Judas over there. I'm gonna be good today. I'm I'm gonna be good today. Oh, I, I will wait and see. Because all be I know is the last time. Hey, that's the last time JC was on on our podcast, and Jay Jordan was. I lit him up. He did not hesitate to fire off continually. Add him. Was he literally unrepented Judas? Oh, <laughs> that was unmerciful. I was beyond. I was beyond forgiveness. He was. He was unrepented Judas. He had a little bit of sprinkle of Cain in there as well. Oh, he was giving it to him. Friends. He was. He was the Roman Empire. How many of us have them? Ones you can depend on. Oh, you hear that noise? See, here oh, we go. See, I told you. I told you to catch him. Didn't I tell you? Once again, JC, when you hear this, know that I have not said anything. Maya has not said anything. This is your good friend, Jay Jordan. Aaron Edward J. Jordan. I don't want no smoke. You ain't making no meme out of me. I know it's right. <laughs> hey, you want to know what JC's favorite sentence is in the whole English in the whole English vocabulary or language language? I'm not I'm not answering nothing. I'm chewing my food. You know his favorite sentence is mine? <laughs> oh yeah, y'all are scared. Y'all are scared of JC on Facebook. Am I the only bold enough to go toe to toe with JC? I'm the only crazy enough and slash bold enough to do that. My baloney has a first name. Wow. Let's see here. Wow. You know what? This is why I remit y'all. This is why as a people we can't get free. What? Oh, I'm free. What? I got my freedom papers. What? So anyway, look, what? So what's this banner gonna be about? What? Are you gonna stone cold throw you off to me? What? <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got the we, the banter is the last topic. Now how are you gonna jump to the banter? We ain't got we ain't got the first stuff yet. First thing we were supposed to be talking about after we just riffed for a little while was gonna be um 
You said you want to deal with like the responsibilities of members and pastors. Uh, uh, also dealing with living in fear versus fear of life, which was I found very interesting. You were talking yeah, right about that. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Now, that was all we go. For once, Jay Jordan has contributed to the to the making of of the show, as opposed to just diving right in and giving his opinion without having contributed to the topics. So, since this is all you watch, you want some more of this chicken? Go ahead and talk. Go ahead and talk a little bit, sir. First of all, this chicken is hidden. I don't know if it's hidden because it's good because I'm hungry. Because I'm hungry. Because yeah. mine's a little cold and it's still hidden. I don't want to talk about it. See, well, it's cold because, you know, mine took 45 minutes to get there. That is true. I don't worry about it's cold. I can't blame talking about it. People kept talking to me. That is also true. I kept saying mine. You get the food. See, that, that is also true. He just said that seven times. See, ah, see. Well, you should forgive your brother 70 times seven. But you ain't my brother. <laughs> he lets you up with that one. And the Bible says that you're going to submit. Come on now. Ha! You went to Cornerstone. They told you that, that. I promise y'all we're trying to get to something eventually. We're going to get to something eventually. So Shout out to Cornerstone, Pentecostal Church, CPC. Why are you CPC for life? Well, I definitely grew up there and of course, I am now a part of Victory So you CPC for Empowerment. So, uh, so um, First Lady Maya, as a member of Victory Harvest and a former member of whatever the name of church was, CPC, that thing, compare and contrast the difference in what you recognize and know are your responsibilities as a member to each church. My God. I would probably say... There's probably several things, but I would probably say the biggest thing that every member should do, two things a member can do. Uh, number one, um, don't uh, put your uh, pastor or other leadership on a pedestal. There are definitely ways to um, be a leader and also hold your leaders accountable without kind of, you know, and I, t- and I try to be responsible. You know, I, I definitely understand what it, what it means to kind of lead and set an example. But at the same time, you know, we all face challenges in life. We, we, we may not be perfect. So, you know, I think that a lot of times when some uh, some of the these uh, pastors who have been in, in the news, you know, you have people who, you know, just be like, oh, that's why people leave the church. And it's just like, because, because he failed. Like, you know, we all got the we all the same humans. Like, there's nothing that says, you know, that we are, like, some different type of human. Then the other thing that I would just recommend is that um, you should definitely see yourself um, as, um, still as a very important uh, representative of Christ and learn your Bible. That's a whole lot. (laughs) Well, people don't talk about members a lot, so so so, (laughs) so as a member, what do you think is the responsibility of a member coming into a church? I mean, just we talked about this after this week about you know the expectation (laughs) of what he gives to people and what he asks for them, vice versa. So, as a member joining the church, what do you think the expectation should be that member for that church, that leadership, and that pastor? Um, I think that. 
the the biggest uh, expectation or biggest thing a member should do is be committed. Um, first, define be committed because that's a, that's a loaded statement. But I promise you, if you ask the average person, what if they're committed to their church, mm-hmm. they will say yes, even though they're not. I watch on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, a commitment is going to involve a little bit more. A commitment is uh, truly, uh, to, and, it, and it'll take some time to to really to really get that. You want you want to be connected. You want to um, understand the the vision. Uh, actually, let me back up first. Um, if you're truly going to be a member. Um, and kind of piggybacking off of what I mentioned earlier um, about, you know, still being an important member. You know, we are one body, many parts. You want to have a good uh, grasp on salvation. And then secondly, you do want to have a good grasp on um, the the leader, their heart, and the vision and church goals. That's pretty much what you what you really can do to start to stay committed and then just basically act on it. If you are in a ministry where the vision is maybe outreach, then, um, you know, um, talk to the leaders of, of some of the outreach, participate, show up to outreach events. Um, if you maybe aren't doing as much participating, especially if you're brand new, but at least show up and understand how it's done. Because basically, uh, being around is just how you, how you start to get, you know, acclimated to, um, you know, your pastor's heart, your personality, just being around them. Um, I've heard people say a lot of things, uh, about ministry. And one of them is some things are are not always taught, but they are caught. So you have to spend time with, you have to spend time with your church family, your leaders, the the other uh, members. Okay, so watch this. It's going to be fun for me. Here's a question for you. Before I pivot to Jay. Yeah, because normally we have three pastors here. So you're the member. So you got the member now. Even though you are in leadership at the church, you are a member and was a member. And you right? and you've been more reasonable member than rest of us. Right. Very rich. So question. What for you as a member is the primary job of your pastor? I'm setting this up for a reason. I know. And don't don't think there's a wrong answer you can give. I know what you're about to do. I just want to see your answer. You're going somewhere. Oh, I absolutely yeah. am. I'm going somewhere. Watch this. I got my pre- I got my preacher mind already working. Got my preacher mind already working. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. All right, Eddie. All right, Eddie. Long. Oh, he stole that from me. I would probably say, and this is gonna, in, in the way I'm gonna answer, this is gonna be I'm gonna cliche. Give you all the time, all the time you need to answer. Go ahead. It's gonna be cliche, mm-hmm. kind of like a parable. You know, I'm gonna speak in parables. Oh, no, Jesus. But, <laughs> I know, right? So. The biggest thing that the pastor does, at least in my perspective, or what I've basically expected all my life, is for them to basically, quote unquote, teach me to fish. Um, You know, you're going to basically, you know, especially, and I'm just taking it, even though I kind of grew up in church, I'm just taking it from a perspective of someone coming off the street, because I've seen a lot of people come off the street or be unchurched or didn't grow up in church and get their life to God. So you come into this situation for the first time, and... 
you know, you give your life. You know, typically you, you know, go up to, um, you know, someone will pray a prayer of salvation. Um, if you're online, sometimes people can do that, you know, through inbox. So it's not always you physically walking up to an altar. But someone mm-hmm. will pray a prayer of salvation, share what salvation is, share what you're doing so that you can make that conscious decision, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you're basically first taught the reason, you know, you're taught who Jesus is, why you need to be saved, and how you should live as a Christian and what God wants you to do. So basically what you do, or the way I was always taught about uh, church, you know, um, you know, whenever there's service, you know, whether it's, you know, a worship service, Bible study, you come, you get poured into so that when you leave and you go about your life, you are basically being that light and example to, to everyone around you. You know, maybe those people that your pastor can't touch, you know, and, and it's also cliche. People say, you know, you're the only Jesus that people may see. And that's basically basically why your pastor um, basically puts things in you as far as, you know, teaching lessons, Bible studies. And then when you're at work, you are basically being that light. First of all, you're being a good employee. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're definitely uh, being a good employee. Um, you're being someone of good character, good reputation. You just want to be an all around good person first because then people will be like, hmm, you know, I think I want to be around you. What's, what's different about you? Um, or even if you don't work, maybe you're a student, stay at home mom, you know, you're, you're raising your kids, you're, you're instilling, you know, God in your kids, you're being a good friendly neighbor, just who, whatever people, family you're around, you're just being a light to them. Um, if they have questions, because we all know, um, even if somebody may not have the same faith that we do, that, you know, at least in America, someone has had some sort of idea. Maybe, um, they, if they didn't go to church, they had neighbors or friends friends that go to church so they you know be like oh my gosh you know I've always wondered you know xyz you should be there to answer those questions because <laughs> your pastors you don't live next door to these people you do so that is the biggest thing you basically just fill up and then you pour out okay so pastor J. Jordan oh, I'm ready for this to you what is the number one responsibility of a pastor to the man the number one, mm-hmm. all I want is the number one. Primary, number the one primary thing for for me, I think, and I think many will agree with this, is to feed God's people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what's lacking is true, authentic, sound doctrine. And Knowing your lane and feeding people, God is kind of a love question because you know, one God sends you people that are connected to the vision of the house, and every house has a vision, every house has a sound, every house has all these things that accomplish a ministry. I can say that high praise sound is different than Church of Atlanta sound, and Church of Atlanta sound may be different than Victory, even though we work together cohesively in the body of Christ, but our reaches may be different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It could be similarity in our reaches based upon demographics, but the people and nature that we reach is different. So my food may be a little bit different from my congregation, but that don't mean if I came over your church and preach, that's, it's, it's two totally different things because it's still the same doctrine. Presentation may be different. So, for example, you, you, some people may like Taco Bell because they like, they like Mexican food. Versus some people may like KFC because they like fried chicken. Mm-hmm. 
Now, when Taco Bell started making wings, we all laughed at it mm-hmm. because they were going outside of the realm of what we was used to. We trust them to feed us tacos. We came to wings. It was like, I don't know. Now, some people said they enjoyed the wings. Some people said, nah, I ain't going to try that. It's a conspiracy, whatever. But the thing about it is that they know what they feed. At the end of the day, Taco Bell ain't going to stop selling tacos. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be true to who you, what you're called to do as a pastor. And by being true to that, you'll draw those who you have. And one of the things you learn as a pastor in some point of your ministry is that there are moments of time in your ministry gains momentum and it gains people and people draw people. And some people will not come to eat. They'll come to sit and watch, spectate. And you have to understand that don't get caught up in the numbers. You have to be caught up to those who you are assigned to call to. You know, everybody, I think, in feeding people, you got to know what your, if we're, for lack of a better term, your, your restaurant. What are you guys here to serve? Because what am I serving to my community? People that are going to come through those doors. Mm-hmm. Because some ministries, and, 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 and <laughs> being a pastor, some could be going to walk across in life throughout your week, may not come to your doors of your church, but you still may be in a position to feed. And I think this is the misconception of people don't understand, especially for pastors that are, 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 are um, that work in a, in a, what we would call a secular work atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And do that. We're always constantly feeding. Mm-hmm. Ministry finds you. You don't find it. That's true. Even when you're not trying to do it, it will somehow, some way, it turns into ministry. And that's one of the biggest battles for pastors. When we are in a work atmosphere, we will ministry finds us. And so not only am I got to do with work, but you got people calling you on your phone about staying from the church. You may have people going through your job and they just feel to confide in you. Well, I don't even know if you're a pastor or not. They just made this people withdrawn to you. If you are really calling that, it's 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 hard for you to try to hide from it. You may think you are, but it's gonna always find you. Mm-hmm. So feeding is the has to be the number one important thing because it's what we are designed to do. We're always finding ourselves in a way to always pour out. That's why it's important for us to be poured back into that we need to take these things to rest because a lot of pastors don't. That's how they can get burnt out, mentally drained, mentally tired. When when you preach, you pour out. Your That's body, right. your mind, your soul, all of that is in a position that's tired. And unless you have been in, in a capacity where you have pastored, and it's different preaching Sunday and Bible study, doing leaderships, counseling, and all that stuff on a back-to-back-to-back basis. It's a totally different than just, you know, doing evangelism work or something like that. You can preach and go and do your thing. But that pastor has to deal with all those things. We have to deal with people's misconceptions and misunderstanding because it always comes back down to understanding the word of God. Everything, all roles when you're dealing with members will always come back to understanding God's word and how that affects my life to make it applicable. And I'm responsible to be the bridge to be that. To bring in a way that you have clarity and understanding. Now, there's some things you may preach when you're a service that people may not get. And they're going to blow you up the whole week to get more understanding. So now you have to almost reteach, re-break things down because people are going to learn different. They receive different. Some people grew up in church. Some people didn't grow up in church. Some people ain't been in church in a while. Some people grew up in the church. They didn't hear none of this stuff I'm talking about. All this stuff may be complete. And you have to navigate that. And these are the things that people don't see. And I still have to prepare for my message next Sunday, next Bible study. I'm going out to preach. And I still have to take the time out to hear it from God 
And a lot of people don't understand in those moments, it's like I have to be disconnected from everybody. And so it's very hard sometimes for people to be in relationship with pastors, be friends with pastors, because we have these moments, especially when God is speaking to you in that moment, you kind of got to disengage immediately. And if you're not really in a position where you can be okay with that, because when, when for, for, for when God is speaking to me, I got to immediately put it, put it down. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you may see me with my phone out. I start typing some stuff out because I'm getting something. And you can that. get it. You can get a word out of anything. Anything. You could be just kicking it, chilling. Somebody say something. You just boom. God starts speaking to you. And so you know it, it. The weight of what we deal with, it always comes back down to feeding. So for me, I guess I could answer the question too. I, I want to broaden slightly, or maybe not so much broaden. Maybe. I don't know if it's going to be broadening it slightly or narrowing it down slightly. I haven't figured out where it actually fits. <laughs> For me, the number one job of a pastor is not so much feeding the sheep. And I know this what Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep, right? The number one job of a pastor, to me, is to help the people generate and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing. So if my job is, if my number one job is to feed them, then you're always going to come to me because you've never learned how to cook yourself. I want you to learn how to cook yourself. So I'm not just going to feed you. I need to show you how to cook. I can't teach you how to have a relationship with God without feeding you. Right. So it encompasses that. But at the same time, it is it it is a tool that is used to help. To me, it's a tool that's used to help the the foundational principle of my job, which is to help you get a relationship with Christ for yourself. I tell my folk and I praise all the time. My number one job is to work myself out of a job. I want to get to the point where you no longer need me first. Where something happens and your first call or first text is not to Jesse Jones. Mm-hmm. It's to God first. Yep. And you have a relationship with him enough that you know his voice enough that when he speaks to you, you know it's God. And you know it's him so much you don't need me to help give you the information. Oh yeah, that's God. I don't need to confirm for you. No, you are no, that's God. Mm-hmm. And you wind up seeing the fruit of it. So mm-hmm. now my so now then I can then take away from what my primary job is, which is helping you get a deeper relationship with God, to then go into my secondary job, which is now give you the word of God. Mm-hmm. Because, I, of, because at the end of the day, if we are not preaching and there's no growth inside of the people <laughs> that we're preaching to, then it's, we're doing a disservice. Absolutely. And that's a two-way street because you could be under a highly anointed ministry but if you don't take and apply and take advantage of what you have, then that hinders your own growth because there's only so much a pastor is responsible for doing. There's a level of responsibility that the member has to take. Can I tell you, I love this generation or living in this generation, I should say, so much because and I told my folk this last week. I said, we are in the greatest and laziest generation in the, in the, oh, in the history of humankind. Absolutely. Where and and Jay, you're 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 young in age, but you're old enough in ministry, and you've been taught old schools. I know 
you have been ta- you you've had to deal with this coming up being a preacher. I grew up in a day where you had to search the concordance, mm-hmm. and most of y'all are like, what the heck is a concordance? Mm-hmm. Concordance was Google on paper, mm-hmm. and so I had to search the concordance. I couldn't type into Google what does the Bible say about. I had to know the word, and I had to search the concordance. And if I if I want to be real fancy, I had me a commentary. Mm-hmm. And I would search that to get understanding. In the concordance, you was really a preacher. You was really a preacher. You was for real. That's when you knew you was legit. And it's in the dictionary. And so now we have a generation where all you have to do is search it. And not only do you have to, can you just search for the word, you can go back and hear messages from the 80s and 90s that people had on tape that they put online now. If I wanted to hear a Bishop T.D. Jakes message from the 90s before he was Bishop, when I was growing up, I had to actually be there or know somebody who got the cassette tape. Cassette tapes, y'all. Or the VHS. Or the VHS tape to be able to get it. And there wasn't that many copies. At all. And if you had one, you could only watch it so many times before it degraded over time. Yeah, because the church church, uh, material not always the best <laughs> in those days. Not always the best. I mean, you got to think, if back in those days, you know, if you didn't have a tape ministry, you just lost the word. I mean, yep. there was no way to record the word. You heard about, you know, even like, you know, for a guy uh, in Columbus, Ohio, like Bishop Tillman, a lot of people don't know or never heard him hired his pastor becoming pastor. His best messages were technically before he was even a pastor. Mm-hmm. The things that he was doing in the early 80s and mid 80s, unless you knew people that was in that circle, you didn't know he could preach that to that degree. He saw every now and then maybe some flares of it, but like in his younger, younger days, Timmy was one of the co preachers in the nation. So he was, uh, he was, he was really going to be somebody um, that you would have thought of been what it takes is today, the way he was, how, how on fire he was, especially in the Midwest. He tore up the Midwest. Like, people don't remember, people don't even know Jake Sings. CD Jake just sang and played key. When he mm-hmm. used to come to churches, he would come, he would open up, and he would do his own worship. He would sing about four or five songs, preach an hour and a half, and he would holler and scream half the time he preached. Mm-hmm. It was a completely, totally different Jason than we see today, where he's cool, calm, collective. That Jason was wild, casting out devils, demons, hollering, scooping. You know, you'd be in church for five hours, Jason, and he was up there in West Virginia in the storefront church. So, you know, it's, 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 this generation is completely different. And so the problem with it is, is that though all of these things, have been are the case now where you can pull up everything. People don't pull up anything and they don't study. And so it's a great generation to be in because you have access. It's a horrible generation to be in because y'all don't use your access. So my job is to get you to a place where you use the access on your own. Because you've gone back and studied the messages. You've gone back and studied your notes. I asked uh, uh, my church uh, uh, last week, and I and for any Christian who's listening, and I know y'all are non-Christian, like, oh, my God, I'll do this at my church. So what's what happens when you get, when you get passage together? 
when, when, when the crazy crew get back together, it'll be a little more nip, but it's what we do. Uh, when I asked my, I asked my folks the, uh, uh, last week, I said to them, I said, how many of y'all, and I didn't want them to answer, I just wanted them to think about it. How often do you go over your notes from the message that I'm teaching? Probably none. Like you take all of these notes and I see you all typing and writing and I see your pages and pages of notebooks. How often are you going over them? Why are you asking me questions about stuff that is in messages I've already preached? I shouldn't have to reteach it in this manner. My reteaching should be based off of questions because of misunderstandings or something you didn't catch in the message. That's something I literally directly said in the message. It's because we've gotten lazy. So my job is to get you to a point where you're no longer lazy and you begin to go to God for yourself and he knows you enough to answer you. Mm-hmm. You always worry about whether or not whether or not God hears us. He hears you. Sometimes he ain't answering you because he don't know you. He ain't spent no time with you in a relationship with him. It's like if, if a person calls your cell phone number and it's a block number or it's a number that's not in your phone book, most of us will try for it. I don't know this number. I ain't answering that. Go to voicemail. Now you did that as if we're live and people can see. You know you're on radio, right? This podcast, radio. Right, nobody can see you. <laughs> she made a face, y'all. <laughs> if you can see it, it would make sense. But on air, it don't. It, it, it don't. <laughs> it's on audio, man. Sorry. But so, like, we, 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 you know, I was like, I don't, I don't know you, so why am I going to talk to you? So my job is to get you to a place, as a pastor, to get you to a place where you, where you know him and he knows you and you have a relationship. So now my concentration in my teaching and feeding you now is no longer about your sin or not sin or how to live or how not to live. It's now functioned around purpose mm-hmm. and how we're going to help you move into the purpose that God has for you. I can't teach you about purpose until you have learned about relationship. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's our number one job. Now, the reason that I did that for y'all who may have not have caught on, um, Maya is a leader and a member at the same time. She plays two roles, well, three roles because she's a pastor's wife, a leader and a member. She's a leader in victory. She's a member of victory and she's the pastor's wife. And I wanted to show that even as closely as she walks with the pastor, how different the perception of what our job is from us to the people. Now, here's the fun part. Now, let's flip it. So, Jay, mm-hmm. what to you is the number one job of the member at the church? Uh, how do I put this in? In a unique way. <laughs> um, because there's so many different things that it comes to membership. But I would say the number one thing is, and this may be any kind of instrument I could go with, number one, I think, is knowing that you're called to the right hours. That's, that's key. Because we're all members of the body of Christ and we get saved, but if you go to, if you come, to a ministry out of your own fruition or out of mama goes here or out of because it's my house, but you're not really connected to the ministry, it, it won't be a connectedness to your spiritual growth mm-hmm. and your development. 
And the whole purpose of being a member of a church and a local assembly is the, the development. And I've seen people go to church where they're called to, but they don't take the accountability of a member. Mm-hmm. Because there's expectations when you join the church. Where the people like it or not, where that's even not clarified, outside of doing new membership class, outside of paying tithes and offerings, which you should do. Because if you're going to be a part of a ministry, you should suck. Whether however you feel about that, because at the end of the day, that church has finances. And it cannot always be on pastors. It cannot always be on one or two people who have a little <laughs> bit of bread in the house mm-hmm. and we good. Like if people just if people just understand how to support the vision of the house, there'll be no need for us to be doing building funds. A lot that's of a that fact. stuff will be eliminated. And that sometimes is the hardest hurdle because at the end of the day, the average salary of a pastor is twenty eight thousand dollars for those that get salaried the church. That's poverty level. At the end of the day, it's only one point eight percent of pastors that get a hundred thousand dollars a year. And they got side gigs. Yeah. T D Jace does not take a salary from this church. Rob Parsley does not take a salary from this church. Preferably Dollar does not take a salary from the church. They have mega ministries. And so the pastor ain't after your money. If you understand the amount of money it takes to run a church on that scale, there really would be nothing left. And sometimes they don't take a charge to not hurt the church. And mm-hmm. people don't understand that. Uh, I remember one time I talked to Elder Bill Canfield from War Harvest. And he showed me the receipt. I had met up with him. And he had this receipt in his hand. I said, what's that receipt for? He said, for toilet paper. For one month for toilet paper for War Harvest, yeah. it's $385,000. <clears throat> Catch that. $385,000. Just toilet paper. And it's like, that's not a bill. That ain't paying for repairs. That's just to have basic toilet paper to last for the rest of the year. That was the bill. And so, you know, at the end of the day, big ministry means big, big response. Robert's as much as you much required. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think members have to understand that. And what I what I have realized, I don't know if, you, if you've realized this, Justin, I have an issue when I see people go to, let's say, a more larger ministry and put in more work. When they go to a smaller ministry, they put in less work. Oh, you have no idea how much that bugs me. And, like, the reason why those ministries become what they are is people see what could become. And a lot of times we get people that want to go into something that's already fixed. And mm-hmm. we have now in, in a generation, like you said, this is the most gifted generation, the most lazy generation. We are now in a generation where if, if, if certain things are not done, they won't put in the work. And so there's a disconnect. The small church suffers a lot because we are lazy as far as the membership aspect. There's so many pastors I know that are like Pastor Terry puts in tremendous amount of work. Yes, he does. Tremendous amount of work. You cannot say that he's lazy. JC puts in a tremendous amount of work. You know, we put in a tremendous amount of work. There's so many pastors I can name off time they put in a tremendous amount of work. But when you look at membership, not complaining, not bashing, but where's the work at? Where's the assistance at? 
And and that's because I think members sometimes don't know the responsibility. It's more than just coming to church. Yes, we want you to come to church, we want you to participate. But are right, you have a gift to be needed, help out me. You have a gift to be an admin, help out in administration. Let's build this and establish it. We can't grow properly if the core is not right properly. Man, say that again. Because you can get a bunch of people in the building. That ain't hard to do. You get the right singer, the right band, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But if the core is not established, and so sometimes God will put your ministry small to develop the core. And if that takes two to three years, it takes two to three years. We want everything rushed. We think of it ain't fast, it ain't God. And sometimes the devil moves in something fast too. When he came to tempt Jesus, he was going to do it quick. So everything that's quick does not always mean God. Yes, God moves well, suddenly. Well, I'm trying to figure out. Wait, show me somewhere that God moves quickly, like you think quickly. Yeah, it's a totally different quick. God's speed is totally different than what people understand. Anytime I, the Bible says, anytime you think about when the Bible says the day is a thousand years of God, a thousand years of the day, that means concept. The concept of time to God is not what our concept is. I was I was talking about this a couple of days ago about 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 in Acts one of four and eight. I said, the part we missed, we always focus on eight. Mm-hmm. We receive this Holy Spirit, we receive power. And people just end right there. But you read the whole context of that. The only way you could have got the power, number one, is you stayed. That's a fact. He said, if you leave, you're going to miss it. Now, he's speaking from a glorified state. So this holes in his hand by this time. This is the last thing he's about to say. And then nine, they said they'd seen him ascend to heaven. He says, listen. Stay in Jerusalem and da 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 Somebody asked questions and said, wait a minute. Are you when you're gonna restore Israel? That's great about this thing. He's telling them I'm gonna see the comforter. I'm doing and mm-hmm. they got questions. Hold on, excuse me, Jesus. You in your glorified state. The prophecy has been fulfilled. We are looking at it. They cut him off. And said, "Wait a minute. When are you gonna restore?" Oh, wait, that's hilarious. It, it, it puts a it puts a whole new perspective on that. Cut him off. Said, "All right, that's cool. But what about Israel? What about us? When are we gonna get our come ups? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna overthrow Caesar now? We gonna get Pilate? Because Pilate washed his hands from him, so he guilty too. So we gonna we about to overthrow Rome, right? Because they were looking at it from political perspective." Because at the whole time, there's a political crisis happening in Israel. They had power. They had lost the power. And they thought Jesus being the king would overthrow the government and restore them back. So they're thinking political, not spiritual. So they're hearing all this spirit, but that's not helping my political situation. I'm going to have power, but I'm going to get out of the situation where I'm at economically and everything else. And so he says, it's not for you to know the time or hour. He immediately shuts down the question. And the way we know they got offended because people left. Then Acts 2 is now down to 120. At the time, he spoke to 580. But we're like, wait a minute. You want me to stay in a place where I'm under Rome supervision? Because Jerusalem was not a peaceable place to stay at. Nor was it comfortable. But you're telling me I'm going to get a power that's supernatural when I'm dealing with some principality political. And people lost hope. And this is not the son of man. This is the son of God talking to them. Been to hell. 
and all this other stuff stormed and rolled away and they still walked out on And what that showed me is that we can't get mad before walked out on you. Mm-hmm. If they can't handle him and his glory and seen him go to heaven, everybody that seen him go to heaven, mm-hmm. no one disputed that and still said, nah, I'm good on that. Church folk have not changed. The mentality is still the same. Everyone came to see because they wanted to get something for them. And when they didn't get nothing for them, they did. And the only ones that stayed was the ones that didn't want something for themselves. That's why they was on one accord. That's why they had one mindset. That's why the first spirit of God came on the day of Pentecost. That's because they were willing to stay because it wasn't about themselves. They had to stay in the upper room for safety. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why they was there. People preach Pentecost completely wrong. They understand Pentecost was a very political, intense time. Yes, it was. It was life dangerous to stay in Jerusalem. It was not, well, we're just going to stay here and hang out. Ain't like we just here in Atlanta staying out. Like we going to shop a little bit. No, it was day. They had to stay there for safety. And when they got back down, they thought they were drunk. They said, he felt crazy. And then Peter spoke up. And so I think a lot of times it's just that as members, we have not to take our accountability. Those who don't want to hear what you have to say, they're going to dip out. And it's cool. And it's cool. I think we have to be in a position as pastors to be mature enough to, to, to handle that. But as members, you have to know your accountability. You can have, Jesus had bad members. This is going to happen. So, my Your turn. Don't steal that, Mike. Steal that. I'm telling your friend on you. <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, I had something really great to say, and then, <laughs> and, he and, then and it wasn't even related to that, but it was, I mean, he just got into some amazing, uh, complex meat of the word and broke it down into simple understandable terms. <laughs> I wish I wish y'all could see the way Maya's looking right now. She looks she looking so lovely and proud of her hubby. I love it. I'm like, he's really smart. I didn't know that he was really that smart. I thought he was little Look at the glory all over here. I guess he's more taught him something. This podcast need to hurry up and end it because I feel like getting pregnant. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he likes nothing smart. Oh my God. Right. Was that was that just was that just the last uh podcast where you said he he, he posted James Brown? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Speaking about James Brown, I got some funny shit about James Brown. Oh, no. What was the question again? <laughs> what do you feel is the number one job of a member? Well why? Um in that I might even be piggybacking off of a little bit of, of what he was. You can piggyback uh, here, with, here with. I mean, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. I guess. You always say someone, somebody. I'm not copying. Hey, I have so. to say this to you. I love you. Oh. <laughs> and. Rock Parsley is now on TCT Network. 
Yeah. Or it's the weirdest I love you I've ever experienced yeah. in the whole yeah. time. I broke the news first here on, on Hot Brain. What? So it is Silent Deal. It's on TCT Network. You're welcome. What? <laughs> Look, I got to I got to do the Stone Cold What's now. <laughs> what? Starts February 28th. <laughs> that, that was so far from a Stone Cold What. I don't know what that it was. It was more like a little was. John feminine version. It was, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. somebody's what, because I'm just... Stone Cold What is just like, what? It's really it's not no... What's stretching. a whole audience of people going, what? No, no, because he started off first. What? Yeah, then everybody what? started doing. Oh. What? Technically, it was Christian, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just don't ever get credit for it, Because <laughs> nobody cares about him. This is why I'm not allowed to banter about wrestling. Yet. At all. At all. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you're just a new fan. You've only been a fan like three years. If you ain't got over ten years, you can't talk about wrestling. It's serious. So I got seven more years to go? But, hey, she did see, she has seen Undertaker Live, Shawn Michaels Live, Brock Lesnar Live. And, and she's seen Kurt's last match. So she saw greatness, and much like most Christians, when the presence of God comes in the room, you are in the presence of greatness, but because you were so ignorant to it, you're unaware that greatness is there. She saw these great people and was like, oh, he's really tall. Well, she didn't Why freak out. All black? She, she freaked out the Undertaker. When the Undertaker came out, he freaks most people out when they first hey, It changed the whole mood of the room. It does. It does. That that thing was insane. That was worth the price of Mitchell alone. That's what I'm talking to the rest of my industry, by the way. I think. Pray for me. You I think what did plane ticket? You can pay for my plane ticket. I think what did it for me with the Undertaker is because I started like by the time you know we had met and you know began to uh, you know be, become I guess closer. That was right when Undertaker was retiring. You know, you came over to my house and watched. And I watched a couple of, like, SmackDowns. And then there was that WrestleMania where he retired. And it was just this sense of, um, you could just tell. I could just tell that, some, I, that someone fabulous had just retired. I probably shouldn't say fabulous about a six-foot, who knows how, how tall man. But, um you are really proving my point. You said you were in the presence of greatness and didn't really recognize how great greatness well, was. Well, I did. I could tell something big. I could tell someone when Big was retiring. Like it was, it was, it was huge, and it made me feel salty that I've never really watched wrestling. Like I felt kind of salty when he was retiring. You, you should. You should absolutely feel salty. So when he did, so when he did end up coming out um, that one time when they came to Columbus, it was, it was absolute magic for me because I thought it was something I would never see and because of watching different clips and different things he showed me I knew his music so I'm just I'm actually sitting here like oh this oh I just I've been sitting here for hours oh gosh what time is I gotta go to work in the morning and I'm just like yeah he's a mood changer I will never forget the first time and the whole room went dark and everybody went crazy It it was a vibe Oh, he absolutely is. I will never forget the first time. And I know, I know a whole lot of you like, will you let my answer the first question? We get into this, 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 now you with, you're with, you're, you're with us when we, when we comfortable. Now, this is how we just talk on a regular basis. We have a topic and then we'll talk, we'll talk all around it. We come back to it. So just sit there with us. I have adult ADD. <laughs> that too. Squirrel. Uh, my boy, I, I, I went to go, was a smack, I think it was a SmackDown. 
Um, me, my boy Paul, and my boy Mike. Yeah, it was How my boy Paul at first. Paul? Huh? You were Paul with the Wrestling? No, no. Oh, different Paul. Okay. Completely. I'm sorry. Let me let me do it by our, by our code names, our nicknames, because yeah, that that might get confusing for you. Me, and my boy B Smooth, and Mike too. We we went went out after the SmackDown, and so. You know B Smooth. Yeah, like ten dollars. So we were there, and um, it was just an average SmackDown, and all of a sudden that gong hit, and the lights went out, and all I could hear is my boy Smooth. He's like, "Oh my God, it's actually cold in here! Dude, it got cold!" He freaked out because of how the, they they changed the temperature, and the mood of the room shifted. It doesn't matter if you know that wrestling is fake or not. There are some people who just have a presence about them that when they come in a room, everything changes. This is Taker. So he came in and he freaked out. And the room freaked out. And we didn't experience the entrance of that on for that one. It was one of those, here they go, the lights go out, they come back in, they come back on, and he's standing in the ring. Oh wow. And when I tell you he lost his mind, he lost his flipping mind. Take E. Takers, absolutely. Salute to Taker, going to the Hall of Fame this year. He is well he's absolutely a, 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 a sight to behold for y'all who don't know him, who hate wrestling fans, or who will never experience this. I feel bad for you. I feel just as bad for y'all as I feel for the people who would never, ever actually hear live a message by Bishop Jakes, or who will never experience the, the way the presence of God comes in when Benny Hinn is going through, is dealing with healing or, or the, 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 the authority that almost like thunderous authority that comes when Juanita Bynum in her prime was oh, prophesying. There, when she would prophesy, there was just, it was like thunder was in the room. It is something different. When Rod Parsley would go and minister the way he would just flow, there's just something different about certain people. Yeah. And so takers one them. So, yeah. sorry, you shift back now. So, what is the number one responsibility of a member? I don't think I was going to get back to oh, You know how to get back to Number one responsibility. Because mm-hmm. I can think of something. Number one. I think the number one thing to do to be honestly an asset to everyone involved in the body of Christ is to apply what you learn. Okay. Um, I say that because um, with with what you said about about uh, teaching, you know, about relationship, developing that relationship with God. Um, I mean, ministry churches are here. People are called to the ministry assigned by God because the whole goal is to have that relationship. That's why we were created. That's why we created back in the garden. So when you're when you have a pastor that is teaching you about salvation, relationship, um, for yourself and then for others, because that's also important because he died for all of us. Mm-hmm. So you have to apply what you learn because 
the Lord wants, and He wants that communion with us. You know, He He paid He paid a hefty price. Hefty is a huge understatement, but He paid a serious price. So if you are, um, if you are, you know, interested in, you know, in that relationship and salvation, you come to church. Pretty much, it's it's almost like, you know, why are you here if you're not doing if you're not applying what is taught, um, you know, so that, so one, one way that that would look like, of course, as far as a personal relationship, if you are being taught various things throughout the year, you know, prayer, just hearing from God, understanding God's word, reading, uh, reading plans, you know, to, to know the word better, like you apply those things because first mm-hmm. of all, the word is, you know, God wrote that about himself. So, and, and even as it relates to hearing from God, the more, you know, his word, the more you're going to know when God is speaking to you because people say things talking about God told me it has nothing to do with anything that's in the Bible sometimes it is sinful just so many things that are the opposite of God so as you read about God you're going to learn about him so it will help you know when he is speaking to you so when um, when you're having Bible study uh, Sunday sermons anything when you take that in and then apply it in your personal prayer time your study time that is that is what you are doing as remember to strengthen your relationship with God, which is the whole purpose of being saved. And then um, even at, even part of that is being a light so that others may be drawn. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much the number one thing you can do. Apply what you learn. So I like both of those. And if you know me, that means I'm probably going to say something different. For me, the number one job of a member is it's actually twofold, so it's kind of a one A and one B and together they make it um is first is the exact same as the number one job of a pastor. So my job number one job is to help you establish a relationship with Jesus Christ for yourself. Your number one job is to get one. Everything else comes once you get one. It's true. And coupled with that is kind of sort of in the line of what, what Jay was saying, where the next portion of that that goes along with the relationship with it is undergird the ministry and the pastor. Like, so as a member, I can't say I have a true and real relationship. Some folk ain't going like this part. But I can't say I have a real and true relationship with Jesus Christ, right? If I don't undergird the man or woman of God that he's placed in my life to help get me a relationship. If I disrespect the house that he dwells in. If I'm disrespecting the gift that's in me that he placed in me to assist the ministry. Can't say I have a relationship. So in practical terms, what that's like is if I'm a husband and I am and I am really good at fixing things with my hands, which I'm not. But I am a handyman, let's say. And in this marriage that I have, I refuse to fix anything. How can I say I have respect for my marriage and I'm not using the things that I have to help support this marriage? If the church that God has planted you in 
is the thing that's supposed to help support this relationship, then I have to do everything I can in this relationship to help support the thing that supports this relationship. That's a good analogy. So for me, that's the number one job of, of a member. And because, to, because I think the body of Christ as a whole, both leaders and members, we have lost sight of those things. We put everything else first. Or we put everything else with more importance. Or we focus on everything else. We wind up missing it. I know. And, and, and this is where, where JC would jump on me. Well, I won't say would jump on me. He might. Because I remember our, our discord that we had as we talked. You can just go ahead and talk and say it. It's all right. We, we, we live. It's all right. Say it. She's trying to say you did something out the freezer. She's trying to do it without, without doing it. She forgets that this is the Real Talk podcast and we're professional but unprofessional. So we just say stuff in the middle of stuff is what it is. This is. <laughs> he got his, his house and got one in his hand already. Oh. <laughs> she was trying to be cute and say, you can have whatever you like. Um. <laughs> Let me clear this up for the readers. You've been doing that for the readers. Who was reading? I mean, not the readers, the listeners. <laughs> I work hard, y'all. I got jobs, side hustles. That, I that's, work hard. That, that, that's 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 clearing up the fact that you treat your husband like a slave. That no, is, I'm that not. Is? No, I'm because I don't see how that would fit. I'm not. So that's why I need to. That's why I need to clear up what's going on. So that, did, that didn't clear up. That didn't clear up anything at all. Because well, y'all ain't let me clear it up. So any, so he goes to the freeze. I mean, the refrigerator, right? Mm-hmm. To get uh, to get some. They um, heard you. To get some pop, right? Mm-hmm. But what he didn't know is that I put some in the freezer so it would get a little colder. So I'm trying to let him Why know. Why wouldn't you know that when he heard you say it when, when before you started in? Yeah, I heard you. See, what happened was, what a lot of times is women want to fix the man. <laughs> Don't do me like that. I chose the one in the refrigerator. There, there nobody doing it just for all well, of the can, podcast listeners. Well, there is nobody doing anybody at all here. <laughs> well, we are all fully I'm dressed thirsty. and we are all calm. We are all talking. There's nobody doing anybody here. Does he even have to communicate when I'm thirsty? No, so I didn't I'm say that. You know what that is? That reminds me of the scene of White Man Can't Jump. I don't want you, when I say I'm thirsty in bed, I don't want you to give me something to drink. I want you to empathize with my thirst instead. That's what that sounds like. I disagreed with that whole scene. <laughs> but you in just that did movie. it. No, I wasn't finished. I wasn't saying that you had to communicate about being thirsty. All you had to say is, I want the one out the fridge. That's what I mean. But don't play me like I was trying to just. Or, or, or you could have just let him get the one out the fridge and just let it alone because that's the one you want to get fast. So, um, the, <laughs> y'all, not, y'all not going to do me like that. I just ever since he got that, I'm not with nobody. I am a married man. See, ever since he got that power, that's what happens. Sometimes people get power uh-huh. to their head. What kind of power is you even talking about? You first lady, you got power. Mine don't know. First lady come no. all the power. They really do. The so church members love, the, in general, most church members love the pastor's wife. Well, I just got off work, so I was thinking, like, did I get a promotion nobody told me about? <laughs> See, her mind is always so second. I'm praying for your wife. I'm praying for your wife. You're the president of seven churches. 
actually the Bible says in Once again, what does the Bible say? Because I've never heard it speak a word. The words on the paper of the Bible pages read. So they're reading now? At what grade level? Are they fifth grade level? Are they sixth grade? Are they third grade? College level? What 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 level are they? It can be level. I can read it. That just broke up. I'm done. <laughs> right along. So, now, on that note, I'm, I'm beyond. I lost my original train. This first time I lost my original train thought on that one. I was just Make you think, Danny. Make you think, Danny, right there. That was thought provoking, right there. Next question. I asked. I, 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 I post the tough stuff. <laughs> I heard you so, so long. We, uh, so I think the members. I'm reading the bill. He's like JC's ability at the buffet. I knew it was All you I can eat. <laughs> That don't even make sense. A lot of things he says doesn't make sense on his podcast. You just learn to roll with it. He's your husband. You should know he don't know. Yeah, well, you should be used to it by now. <laughs> One can never. Have you ever had someone in your class? Have you ever heard of uh, I had a classmate named Tits McGee. <laughs> so we're going to move on for now. I'm not going to let you finish that story. I'm going to try to remember what my, what my original uh, friend thought was. Uh, we as pastors remember we lost sight of. The, the, the relationship aspect, and this is what the job is. This is what your number one job is, both pastor and members. Mm-hmm. Put everything else first, and, and even to the point, oh, that's what I was going to say, because it's the point that me and JC often disagree on as it relates to discipleship. I know that the Bible talks about going there for and make disciples and all those things, and I agree with those things, but here's the thing. Um, if I gain my relationship with Christ and I deepen I will, by proxy of my relationship with Christ, begin trying to make disciples. It comes with the territory. Because when you're in a relationship and you're committed, your word, to the relationship, I want to do whatever I can to make you happy. What makes Jesus happy? One, you being a true Christian and being a true believer, being a true disciple of Christ, trying to live by according to the commandments that God has set out. That's the first thing that's going to make him happy. The second thing that makes him happy is you producing after your own kind, which means you are making other disciples. You are trying to get other people into the kingdom of God. So I want to make you happy, Jesus. I want to do the things that make you happy. Oh, what? Talking to this dude over here about you will make you happy? Yes, Lord. Hey, do you know Jesus? May I present Jesus to you? It becomes a it becomes an easy thing to do if I have a relationship with you. We struggle with witnessing and discipleship and all those things as pastors and lay, and lay members because we don't really have a true relationship with God. That's how you know you've been in church all the time. You just were like lay members. <laughs> that's how you know. That's true. That's how the word both folks yeah. For those who don't know, lay member just means you're just a regular you're just a regular member of the church. You're not in leadership and you're not the pastor. That's what that means. Listen, that's 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 a sign that you went to church in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> that is. <laughs> you don't hear that word a whole lot. And you can tell whether you're how you how long your salvation stuck in there. When you got saved before two thousand and five. You know what the word lay members mean. You got that new salvation. You don't. You, all you know is partake. You you know partners. You got partners now. They oh got yeah, they got partners. Yeah, yeah, they don't yeah, got yeah. members no more. It's partners. Listen, let me tell you the truth. I don't want no partners. I don't want partners. Give me twenty two dollars a month. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let me tell you why I don't want no partners. 
The problem, the reason, the reason I don't want no partners is because if I have a partner, that means you think you have a say in this. I was thinking that's where you're going with that. I, God gave me the vision. The say that you have has to promote the say that God gave me. I work a job. I don't have a say in what corporate does at my job. I can voice my opinion and corporate could be like, mm, thank you for your opinion, but do this anyway. This is how the business for me is how it works. God gave me the vision. You either come in line with the vision or go find, or go start, or go get your own vision. Or go get with a vision you can align better with. I don't need no partners. Partners cause too much friction. They cause too much, they cause, Partners wind up causing division in the church. They cause separations in the church. I ain't trying to have no partners. I have I have leaders that God has given, and I have the members who are training to be leaders in the ministries God has given to them. Once they get to that point, watch this. I do what Jesus did and send them out. Amen. <laughs> I did the whisper voice on it because I felt, I felt downright preachy right there and did my little whisper to make people pay attention. Me and me. That's what they do. And God said. So it is incumbent upon people to realize that is their job. And when we understand our roles better, we can produce more and become more effective. Everything else falls into place when you first understand and do your primary job. Mm-hmm. You got everybody trying to do everybody else's job or trying to do jobs that aren't the job. They're not the main thing. The way I used to hear people say it this way, they would say, keep the main thing the main thing. So let's keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing is a relationship. The whole reason that Jesus died on the cross wasn't so that we could be saved. It's so that we could be back in right standing. The whole reason he died wasn't for church membership, wasn't for pastors, wasn't for visions, wasn't for any of that other stuff. It was to put us back in right relationship. Give us the opportunity to have right relationship. That's it. Everything else comes with relationship. The blessing you're looking for comes with right relationship. The connections you're looking for come with right relationship. The favor, the anointing, all that comes with right relationship. As a pastor, the members will come. The people will come when you have right right relationship. Jesus said, if I be lifted up upon the earth, I will draw all men unto me. The only reason, the only way I can live Jesus up properly is if I have right relationship. Everything comes with right relationship. If you are a pastor, get your people to right relationship. If you are a member, strive for right relationship. Your job as a member is twofold in striving for a right relationship. Learn who Jesus is for yourself. As you hear the word being taught by the pastor or the people that he he or she has teach, learn Jesus for you, which means study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that beeth not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the word. The messages that are being taught 
and the written word of God. Study it. And as you do that, use the things that he's invested in you to help the house. My mom used to say this all the time. I promise you, I might shut up. She said this all the time. She would say, she would, well, both my mom and dad did it. So I have two older brothers who don't know. Um, older brother Joshua, my older brother Melvin, and myself. So it's five of us in the house, two adults, three days. Uh, and every so often, my mom and my dad would see something on the floor, and they would mentally mark it, and they would leave it for days. Until one day they would say, y'all see that piece of paper right there? Y'all see that thing right there? Yeah. You know how long I've been sitting there? I've been there a couple of days. Why did anybody pick it up? As a kid, my thought would be, well, you saw, you didn't pick it up either. From a parent's perspective, my mom and dad were like, I need you to recognize you live here too. You need to keep this house right because you live here too. We ain't the only ones that live here, so we should not be the only ones cleaning up. We should not be the only ones contributing to the house because we live here too. Well, your church home is the exact same way. It's the place that you get. What are you contributing as a member? You live here too. So why aren't you using your talents, your gifts uh, uh, to help the ministry go forth as it lines up with the vision that God gave the man or woman of God? You live here too. That's your. That's the second half of your primary job. As you gain a relationship, you will get insight into who you are and what God has invested in you, and your job is now to begin to use it to help the ministry. Whether that helping the ministry means that the thing that God has given you helps you get other people and bring them in and produce more sheep, or maybe it's just helping make sure the church is clean so it's presentable for those who come in, or maybe it's helping the media ministry, whatever it is, the thing that's in you, you have to utilize to help undergird the ministry as you have relationship, that's your job. Establish your relationship with God. And in doing so, you'll use what God has given you to help the ministry. And by doing that, that's why I'm paying attention to your husband. I really don't. I just feel so much better. Oh, oh, we oh. heard. <laughs> we heard. And I'm hoping and the podcast didn't hear. Now you know, let the whole... Podcast universe, no. Oh, air. I'm so glad you said universe. We got a universe, y'all. Right, I got to be universe. <laughs> the air kicked on the moment you went in there and farted to try to uh, tr- try to cover up Listen, the sound, I but lost, I still heard. I lost about five pounds in there. I just want to know, did you wash your hands? Because that didn't it's sound wet. right. Hands still wet. Um, no, look, I still wet. I don't know if you know this, but there's other liquids that ain't water. Oh, come so, on, Myra. She just said, she just said you R. Kelly'd your hands. Yeah, what's up with nastiness you made somebody doing in there? Well, I mean, it is a nasty place to do things, so you know, nasty does go on in you. I mean, come on. What type of person you think I am? Well, she should know. She married you. Bronze said, lift up old clean hands and clean heart. But that's why your hands aren't lifted. <laughs> that lady said it's my come to Jesse's church. <laughs> and you still ain't up. did it. And you still ain't. You walked in several times and still ain't did it. She said I'm supposed to be a member over there. 
No, I'll never forget that mess. Mm-hmm. I will never forget now, that. That's that's the definition of proper line. Speaking of these words we've been talking about, I see right. you. You know you gonna, God you for yourself. You're going to get a new car. You're going to get a new car. I just bought a car. No, I mean, not, not that one. You're going to get a little one. The car you've been praying about. You praying about a car? You were, yeah, I see. I see you going to the, the, the car lot. You was you, 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 you looking at it. Well, Did actually, you think I walked there? Did you think I walked there that day? <laughs> right. The one member of my church, she just came. That's all I know. Hey, this is a true story. About about like a year, year about like 2020, so two years ago, someone called me up. It was like phone, phone, phone us hard and stuff. And every now and then they would try to give a word. Maybe like generic stuff like God's going to bless you. Mm-hmm. Hang in there. There's something great coming. You know, stuff like that. Hang in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll be like, all right, you know, amen. You know, you, you kind of get some stuff like that. That's kind of the, the nature of the way things are now. Everybody feels like they're proper. Everybody, so, Lord Jesus. She called me and she said, uh, man of God, I got to give you this word. No, you don't. You really I don't. Gotta you really keep that to yourself. This is important. I got I to give you this word. So I said, call me. She just calls me. She says, man of God, I just came out with a vision. Well, of push pause, because uh, this is one of the things I love about you, but I do not admire about you. Yeah. You entertain that foolishness. But you ain't going to do to me and say, I got a word I got to give to you. Well, the reason why I told her to call me because I'm dropping. No, no. I'm, I'm shutting it down. down. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to wait the word. I'm going to tell you. See what the word is. Because at the time, she didn't never give me nothing wacky. It's been broad, general stuff. It ain't never been like, you know. I, you can't give me no general word now. I'm at a point you can't give me no general word either. So I'm like, all right. And so, she said, she said, had a vision, and you about to get married. And for y'all who were like, well, that's the last word. He was already married. For three time. years at that point. I'm going on four, I think. So, so what we're I saying is, is Pastor Jay is um, and the a wife polygamist. Was, she was from Bahamas, and she was light-skinned, and she was six foot two. Everything Maya is not. My, well, mine's kind of fair. So I want to say light-skinned. Kind of say kind no, of she fair. was saying she's bright. She was bright. She, like, she might even go past his wife. I know my is not six foot two. I know that. I know. I, I, I feel attacked. Now I can no, say I feel, it's not. It's not an attack on you. Are you six foot two? This is a factual observation. I'm five four. So therefore, you. So if you're five four, that means you ain't six two, right? And so what that means is that everything I just said is true. She said is everything that's the exact opposite of you. I know people just be joking about my height, especially my sister. Woo. Hey, shout yeah, out to Nikki. Short. Shout out to Nikki. That's my that's my little sister. Right I will never forget. Um, back in Columbus, the Universal Circus came. We was waiting in line, and somehow I ended up at the end of the line. And it was my sister who, um, she's actually maybe about three four inches taller than me, and my mm-hmm. brother in law and and my nephew, and they are all taller than me. And they're gonna talk be talking about some where's Maya because they literally thought I got lost. Experience. I got a question. I got a question for you, Justin. You have to. I'm listening. Oh no, we, you, we can fall right into it. Or you, or, or, no, you know what? Let's do this. Let's take a quick break because we've been talking for an hour. Well, actually, almost an hour and a half. Let's take a quick break uh, from these. Uh, hear from our sponsors here at Real Talk, especially one overall to the I'm put that one right there. Ms. Mai, who is the paparazzi queen. We go hear her sponsorship ad right at, as we as we take this break. We'll be right back with more Real Talk. 
Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Praise Ministries presents.